Welcome one and welcome all to the PFN Fantasy Podcast. I'm Derek Tate. You can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Derek Tate NFL. That is Kyle Sapi. You can find him on X at Kyle Sapi PFN. We are heading into week nine. We're going to start talk some start sit options. Mr. Sapi, we just made it through the NFL trade deadline. Any big surprises or takeaways from any of the deals made at the deadline? I think the big surprise is that there was no big surprises. Like usually the exception to the rule is that there's an exception to every rule. So that's kind of where I'm at. We didn't see any of the big moves, which I'm kind of okay with. I mean, that kind of from a projections and, you know, we're trying to basically forecast the weather here. Like it's, it's hard to do what we do and predict the future. So no changes, kind of good news for me. I'm okay with it. Yeah, we only got, I think the biggest deals involved the Washington Commanders, but those are on the defensive side of the football. So yep. unless you're playing in an IDP league, then there was no real movement yesterday as far as big fantasy implications. But we're going to go ahead and jump into the start-sit options here in just a moment. If this is your first time coming across the YouTube channel, go ahead, hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, make sure you click the bell so you get notified every single time we drop a new video here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel or if you just don't want to watch my ugly face for the next 30 minutes, you can always just listen to our podcast via audio outlet and just subscribe, rate, review. We really do appreciate all the love and support. And speaking of love and support, we've been getting a lot of positive reviews regarding some of our free fantasy tools that we have over oh, yeah. at profootballnetwork.com. Go ahead and check out our Start Sit Optimizer if you have specific start sit situations with regards to some of your wide receivers, running backs, flex options, etc. Uh, it's a fantastic tool over at profootballnetwork.com also you can join the pfn fantasy discord which is you know over 1500 people strong like-minded individuals that just love talking fantasy football so go ahead and join us the link is in the description so we got to start soppy by talking about the teams that are on a buy make sure you get these players out of your lineup and those teams are the denver broncos detroit lions san francisco 49ers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So as we approach the start set heading into week number nine, Sapi, who is the number one running back to start heading into week nine for you? Yeah, and I'm going to preface this a little bit. We've got the four teams on a bye. We've got a bunch of injuries. So keep in mind that like when I say a guy's running back 17 and that sounds high, that's because it does sound high, but it's not actually high because this is a weirdo week where some, I mean, like Derek Carr's flirting with the top, like a quarterback one grade this week. So I, just keep that in mind that we've got a little bit of a situation here going into week nine. My running back one to start is Chuba Hubbard. I mean, we saw them shift the play calling duties to Thomas Brown last week. He's a running back in a former life, and he seemed to want to pound the ball with Hubbard over Sanders. I mean, this was, it wasn't close. Like, I thought we might see a committee, and it's like, oh, maybe he likes Hubbard. There were reports that came out earlier in the week. It's like, oh, Hubbard might be the guy. But, I mean, you're talking a 17-2 to touch advantage. Raheem Blackshear. Raheem Blackshear. Somebody who's never been on a fantasy roster of mine, and I've been playing fantasy a long time, had more touches than Miles Sanders. That was a 5-2 to two count in Blackshear's favor. Indy, a bottom 10 red zone defense this week. So, I see no reason to pivot from Hubbard. think he could get 15-20 to 20 touches, and he's got a chance to score. So a bottom red zone defense is who they're facing off against. I'm still just a little skeptical now. Granted, there are two sides to this coin. On one side, Chuba Hubbard does look like he has taken the feature leading role out of this Carolina backfield, which does present fantasy value and opportunities. On the flip side of the coin, the Carolina Panthers still aren't scoring very Panthers, many yeah. points. <laughs> 
and while they want to run the football sappy, the the efficiency just hasn't been there this season for the majority of their football games. 15 carries for Hubbard, 28 yards. I get that he's in the running back two conversation mm-hmm. on a weird week. It's just it doesn't leave a whole lot to be excited about for the for the Carolina Panthers offense, in my opinion. But I understand why he is someone worth putting in your lineup this week. So I'm going to go ahead and jump over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Rashad White. So I'm well aware that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers talking about efficiencies on efficiency issues on the ground. Rashad White has seen his efficiency issues from his rookie season uh, carry over as far as his yards per carry goes. It's still pretty putrid, Uh, but he's still the leading ball carrier. He's still dominating the, the snaps, the touches and opportunities out of this Buccaneers backfield. The real place where he gets his fantasy value is in the passing game. And this is where we saw that PPR floor last year, catching 50 passes uh, was something that we thought we didn't know if it was going to translate from his rookie season to 2023, because Tom Brady was no longer throwing the ball a record setting amount of times and getting the ball out of his hands ridiculously quick, but it has seemed to translate. And I believe that he gives you a reliable floor in PPR formats. And if they can have some success against the Houston Texans who look like they kind of come back down to earth after a pretty hot start, I think Rashad white is, you know, I, I have him a little higher in my ranks than Chuba Hubbard this week. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't mind that. I'm with you there. I think the floor is higher in the pass catching is there. We know that a catch or that a target's roughly two and a half times in PPR leagues, what a carry is worth. So I'm with you there. I would go white over Harvard, but I think both are firmly in the running back two conversation. Speaking of running back two, who's your second running back to start in week nine? It's kind of gross, but I'm going to go Alexander Madison. We don't know where this offense is going to go without Kirk Cousins. They're playing Atlanta. He's my running back 20 this week. I mean, it's Listen, I'm not excited about playing him. I'm not excited about playing Hubbard for that matter. But fantasy in week nine is just a mess. Get used to it. 44 to 17 snap edge over Cam Akers. That seems to be moving in his direction. We were worried coming into the week. Is it going to be a split? Turns out the week uh, week seven red herring there was more the result of an Alexander Madison injury than anything they were counting on from Akers. So you're looking at a guy that's got 16 carries in each of their last four games against non-elite teams. I certainly think. Atlanta, a non-elite team. He's getting two and a half catches a game. That's enough volume for me to go with Madison in a Minnesota offense that darn well better focus on the run now that Cousins is out. I just have to express a little bit of concern with Madison. I understand why he is on your starting radar this week just because of, again, aforementioned injuries, bye weeks, etc. But at what point do the efficiency issues start to make the – Minnesota Vikings look in a different direction and including expanding the role of Cam Akers. Do you see at any point Cam Akers being in a, in a roughly 50-50 split, even though, yeah, he did see 16 carries uh, in week number eight? I do. I think we could easily get there, especially if this, I mean, they they trade for Dobbs. Like, they're, they want to win games right now, so they're not going to stand for this inefficient stuff. But, I mean, we're talking week nine. If, you're, if you want to get at me at week 13 Viking running back rankings, then I could definitely see acres working into a split or you know something like that but alexander madison hasn't really been efficient and he's here we are we're past halloween and he still got the job so they're willing to do this it's it's like a weird version of pittsburgh like Najee harris isn't efficient at all but they keep giving him the work in houston they keep giving damian pierce the ball even though he's inefficient so right now i'm trusting i'm going one week at a time i'm not trying to project five weeks out in a row what what these backfields are going to look like 
So that's a good segue for my number one, number two running back start of the week. Speaking of slow takeovers and hard to project as far as when the backfield takeover is going to take place there in Indianapolis, I'm still starting Jonathan Taylor with a whole lot of confidence. The reason why he's on the start sit for this week for me is because I have him quite a bit higher than consensus rankings. It's maddening that Zach Moss is still just seeing darn near like identical touch counts uh, to Jonathan Taylor over the last two weeks when Taylor's efficiency and big play capabilities are Mm -hmm. starting to creep back up. I I think sooner rather than later, we're going to see Taylor pop a couple more big carries. Zach Moss looks like he's going to be involved in some capacity for the remainder of the season, but eventually Jonathan Taylor, even he's still seeing enough work being named Jonathan Taylor and how much talent he has for this week against the Carolina Panthers, even if he doesn't blow Zach Moss away on a, you know, as far as the total touch count, I still see a top 10 week, maybe even a top five week for Jonathan Taylor in week nine. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got him running back 11 for the week. So I'm right there as a running back one. If Zach Moss could just stop producing, that would be great. If he looked like Alexander Madison or any of the guys I mentioned previously, Jonathan Taylor would be saying 25 touches. But until we get that, I'm with you. Until we get that, well, you know, speaking of of timeshares that are kind of interesting, are there any running backs that are kind of stuck in a timeshare as we move from the starts of the week at the running back position to the sits? Who's your number one running back sit heading into week nine? I'm going to go Brian Robinson, but he's not really in a timeshare. I don't know where the carries are going. They're just throwing the ball all over the place with Sam Howell, which is fine for the streaming radar and the quarterback situation. We'll get to that. But no more than 10 carries in four straight games for Brian Robinson, and he's a lead back. Like, I don't... I don't see how it gets any better than this under 10 fantasy points in every game in which he hasn't scored this season. We know the Patriots play some decent defense. They're a top 10 red zone unit in the league this year. I don't know if either team in this game gets to 20 points, so there's not going to be a lot of fantasy goodness on either end here. Brian Robinson, you could take it, Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think either running back in this game is worth a whole lot. So the weird thing about Brian Robinson, and this was against Philadelphia, and this is actually the second time this season where Brian Robinson um, saw some success against the Philadelphia Eagles. 5.9 yards per carry is not something where you're just pouring touches into an inefficient you know, like carry load. Right. So, I mean, this is, and I know I just invented a word, but the point is, is that it's weird that, Robinson was having some success and effectiveness against a very talented front. Uh, And, you know, obviously the commanders jumped out to a big lead. So why only 10 carries Eric bien and maybe the Washington organization is trying to get a very close look at Sam Howe and trying to determine their future under center. Uh, And it kind of echoes to them trading Montez sweat and chase young. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're just, approaching this much differently and they're deciding to go ahead and air the ball out so yeah brian robinson uh feels like a potential fade out of starting lineups this week for me i already kind of expressed some of my concerns about chuba hubbard he is my number one running back sit of the week i get your points i just don't see enough efficiency even with encouraging volume and the looks like the feature role out of this backfield in carolina they're still not scoring enough points and generating enough scoring opportunities that make me want to put Hubbard into my lineup. So we'll go ahead and skip over Hubbard. Number one, number two running back sit of the week for you, Kyle Sapi. 
Man, you talk about offenses struggling to score. We got the Cardinals and Browns playing this week with a total of 37 and a half. And if I can stay far away from both backfields, I don't care who you have on your roster. If they play for one of these teams, they are on my bench. Neither is none of the backs here are inside my top 24. None of them are really a threat in the passing game consistently, at least. And I don't trust either pass game for that matter. I mean, you look at DeMarcado in Arizona. He didn't have a 20 yard touch this season. I understand that he's getting the lead role and that volume is king to some degree, but against the Browns, to my, for my money, that's the best defense in the league. DeMarcado, not a guy I'm trusting with a backup a backup of the backup quarterback, assuming Kyler Murray doesn't play. That doesn't line up good. And then we've talked about the Browns' backfield. Which way are we going here? Jerome Ford plays on the high ankle sprain. He hurt, The snap count's all over the place. He hardly plays in the first half. You're looking at 10 to 11 routes for all three of them. I don't think they know what to do, so how are we supposed to feel good about that? I have Kareem Hunt the highest of that trio, but I don't feel good about it. None of them are inside my top 24, and in a perfect world, none of them are in my Week 9 lineups. They're all seeing work. The tricky thing is it does feel like the Cleveland Browns are trying to win football games with the rotating, revolving door under center so far this season with Watson, P.J. Walker, and maybe even we see Dorian Thompson-Robinson again in week number nine. I personally would rather take some of the upside. I've seen some big play potential and splash plays from Jerome Ford more than I've seen that from, you know, Chuba Hubbard or some of the other, you know, you know, middling running back two options uh, that we have this week. I would say Hunt probably is the play this week out of that backfield, but Pierre Strong also had a a, a big pass reception and has looked pretty efficient when he's gotten his looks. It's a three-headed monster there right now, so I don't blame you if you want to stay away, but I'm I'm okay throwing a dart at the Cleveland backfield because of the matchup against the Cardinals and a rookie quarterback in Clayton Toon getting the start. So my running back two to sit of the week – Aaron Jones, uh, we just have not seen enough from this Green Bay offense. And even when Aaron Jones has returned back into the lineup, it's not like he's the feature guy. In fact, he's fighting with and basically a 50-50 split with A.J. Dillon. And this offense hasn't scored a touchdown in the first half, Soppy, for the last five games. Oh, I'm aware. Like, <laughs> This, I know you're well aware, and I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, twist the knife or no, anything like good. that. And I and I like Aaron Jones as a player, but the, the, this offense feels out of sorts, and they're playing themselves into terrible game scripts on a weekly basis. Maybe that changes if Matthew Stafford's unavailable for this contest, uh, and the Rams struggle to put up points with Brett Rippon or whoever's going to be under center for Los Angeles uh, if Stafford can't go. I just have to start to see it to believe it with Aaron Jones. So the fact that he's right around the ranks of like Chuba Hubbard speaks to how concerned I am about Aaron Jones for the rest of the 2023 season. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, they have to show us that he's healthy. Like show us that you, I don't care if you're confident, if he can produce or not show us that he's healthy, just get him the ball and see what happens. At least give him the opportunity to go down. (laughs) Come on now. So speaking of come on, Look, we got an underdog promo for you. The NFL season just keeps on rolling along, which means that we got to talk about some really cool, exciting new exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can just click the link in your description, a deposit match of up to $500, plus a mystery pick'em special 
in the Pick'em Lobby to use right from the jump. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the Pick'em Lobby. You need to take advantage of this offer right now before it goes away, so sign up with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today. We are moving on to wide receiver starts for week nine. Soppy, who's your number one guy? Give me some Gabe Davis in my life. We're going back to August when we were promoting this guy left and right. I'm in for it. We saw the big week eight last week. And guess what? His ADOT dropped in a big way. They are using him in a variety of different ways. His ADOT down 55% last week from what it was over the first seven weeks. That shows me some growth, some route running growth, and some confidence in the coaching staff. We know the deep threat. We know that's there. In Cincinnati, the highest opponent ADOT this season. So I don't doubt that they're going to take their fair share fair share of shots to Davis down the field. But the fact that he might offer a floor with like four of these cheap catches and get you there that way on top of the ceiling, I'm in on Gabe Davis. I've got him wide receiver 18 this week. Woo! Now that is pretty high in the rankings, but I mean, certainly his involvement last week was very encouraging. It, it You bring up the ADOT dropping a little bit. A lot of it had to do with the game plan against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. They put the Bucs in a lot of lose-lose situations, a lot of RPOs, which was getting the ball out of Josh Allen's hands quickly if he identified the conflict defender and ball was out and on time and accurate. Allen looked fantastic. It also helped that the Buccaneers could generate no pressure whatsoever. But Gabe Davis's usage in Week 8, it's interesting to see if this turns into a high-scoring game and how he builds off of a very productive Week number eight. For me, I've got Adam Thielen. And I know he didn't score a touchdown, but the target volume just continues to be absolutely through the roof. And almost, dare I say, elite, Soppy. It is. 11 targets. 11 targets. He's seen at least 10 targets or more in four of the last five games. A minimum of seven receptions since week two. It's that reliable PPR floor is there. And this was the first time where the Panthers didn't have a negative game script that had them having to throw the football just to try to get back into the contest. So against Indianapolis this week, I expect another productive day at the office. If the Colts can get out in a, like have some success running the football, jump out to a lead. Like we've seen the Panthers fall behind consistently this season. I think it's going to be another effective day at the office for Adam Thielen. Are there five receivers in the NFL right now with a higher fantasy floor? I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown comes to mind. Stefan Diggs comes to mind. Obviously Justin Jefferson, but right at this moment, Jefferson's not available. So it's hard to name five guys that you feel are going to see more targets than Adam Thielen on a weekly basis. That's crazy. I didn't have that on my bingo card for week nine. (laughs) White, right? It's crazy. So speaking of the bingo card, who do you have as the number two start at the wide receiver position this week? We got a two for one special here. I'll go with both Steeler receivers. They're both inside my top 25. I'm comfortable starting Deontay Johnson or George Pickens. We know that the Titans own a pass funnel far better against the run than they are the pass. Banged up Kenny Pickett. He's going to start, or at least he says he is. That That's a little concerning here on a Thursday night, but still a good matchup. Tennessee creates pressure at the sixth lowest rate. That should, should give 
Johnson time to, or Pickens time to operate down the field. Johnson, we know he just gets open in space. That's what he does. Over 24% of the targets have gone this way in his three games this season. And four times this year have multiple receivers hit double digit in PPR points against the Titans. I think we make it five times on Thursday night. Like you said, Pickett says he's going to play, but I do think that there is a chance, right? Sure. That Mitchell Trubisky gets the start, or if Pickett goes in and is ineffective and really can't play through the injury at a high level, maybe we see Mitchell Trubisky. If Trubisky gets the start, I'm actually more inclined to go with Deontay Johnson over the, I think, four starts that Mitchell Trubisky got last season. He targeted Johnson 45 times in comparison to just 17 times for George Pickens. I do think it's a pass funnel there for the Tennessee Mm -hmm. Titans secondary. They are still giving up over 30 fantasy points on average per game to opposing wide receivers. So I'm, I'm with you that they're both quality plays this week. It's just I have Deontay Johnson probably just a little, little bit higher in my rankings. So I'm going to pivot now. And I have a feeling you may have saw my early start sit article and just took some of the guys and said, I'm going to go ahead and go the opposite direction of Derek because my start is DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't get okay. traded. And he had three touchdowns, of course, a monster performance. Will Levis absolutely lit it up against the Atlanta Falcons in his starting NFL debut. The encouraging thing, too, for Will Levis, who's going to get another start against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, short week. The Pittsburgh Steelers don't have a lot of time to go ahead and try to prep and dial up all kinds of exotic looks. We see generally these game plans a little bit limited with the lack of time for teams to go ahead and build out a full game plan, which probably bodes well for Will Levis. His ability to push the ball down the field and give DeAndre Hopkins just a chance in some certain situations certainly was fantasy <laughs> fantasy gold in week number eight against the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary that has given up a handful of monster performances to opposing wide receivers, including number one options. I do like DeAndre Hopkins this week. Yeah, number one options have been a thing against Pittsburgh. I'm not going to take that away from you, but you are in full disclosure. Hopkins is my sit, so we'll, we'll go right into this. But uh, right. Tomlin... You're betting against Mike Tomlin on a short week against a rookie quarterback. To me, that that's rolling the dice a little further than I'm willing to do. Pittsburgh, the fifth lowest completion percentage against this season. I just want to see Will Levis do it again. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, he fed DeAndre Hopkins. I get it. He scored three times on six targets. How many targets do you think he had prior to that to get three, to three touchdowns? I mean, he didn't, he didn't have three touchdowns. <laughs> I, I'm talking back to last year or two years ago. How far do you have to go back? How many targets? Oh, I don't know. 156, Derek. That was how many targets Ooh. it took to get DeAndre Hopkins. Three scores. Levis does it with six in week eight. Obviously, there's drawback. I don't think you're projecting Will Levis to do what he did last week, this week. I understand that. I'm not calling you a crazy person or anything like that. But I do have DeAndre Hopkins lower because if he regresses in a big way against Mike Tomlin on primetime, on a short week, I think it comes at Hopkins' expense. That's a concern for me. The Tennessee duo of Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins heading into this contest is probably one of the more polarizing two, two, two options because of what they did and how how it's easy and reasonable to be skeptical of their performance against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Certainly D-Hop, though, showed that he still has enough juice to give you big performances here and there, so I'm very intrigued to see what he does on Thursday night football against the Steelers. Now, my number one wide receiver sit of the week is Christian Watson. 
we I already kind of mentioned it a little bit with Aaron Jones, but we're not seeing a dominating target share. We're not seeing Jordan Love push the ball down the field efficiently. In fact, you know, while he has uh you know, some decent metrics as far as his yard, air yards and pushing the ball down the field, average depth of target. Yeah. He's very inaccurate when he's pushing the ball down the field. I mean, and that's putting it very kindly, gently, um, because I, I, I want this kid to succeed. I know you want him to, too, yeah, as a Packers fan. But it, we're not seeing it right now. And Christian Watson is certainly one of the victims of a struggling Packers passing offense. Right now, I feel like Love feels more comfortable you know, getting the ball out of his hands, short intermediate first read, which more speaks to like Dobbs or Jaden Reed or even Luke Musgrave. But even for them, the ceiling isn't very high. They need to score a touchdown to really be start worthy. And we just haven't seen the big chunk plays that we saw last year. And this offense needs to figure it out before I'm going to keep rolling Christian Watson into my starting lineup. So I have him outside of my top 30 this week. 100% agree. Well, Let's see if we agree on the number two wide receiver sit for you heading into week nine. And this is tough because I am a Tyler Lockett stan. I will go to the grave for this guy and drafting him on an annual basis at where his price comes in. I get all of that. Even I can't deny that there is some downside in this portfolio on a regular basis. And I think we see that this week against the Ravens defense. That's as good as anybody. I mean, listen, they're giving up under five yards a pass. They're 16% better against the pass on a per pass basis than any other defense in the league. Tyler Lockett has one 25-yard catch this season and just two red zone targets over the last month. So I don't know how he's getting there in volume and scoring and any of that stuff. And Seattle right now, 28th in time of possession. You've got a Baltimore team that's bottom five in terms of pace of play. So if Baltimore's got the ball, they're moving slow. Seattle doesn't hold the ball for very long. I don't see quality or quantity in the target department for Tyler Lockett this week. Those big explosive plays feel like they have not been there for Tyler Lockett. I mean, it's understandable. Lockett's 31 years old. I'm not saying that I I see like a a significant decline in his play, but also you have a lot of mouths to feed all of a sudden in that offense with, you know, Kenneth Walker and even an emerging Zach Charbonnet, of course, DK Metcalf and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, a very talented rookie wide receiver is also starting to get a little bit more involved, which has Tyler Lockett as a very, very volatile, you know, wide receiver three this season so mm-hmm. far. So for me, I hate having to go here for my second sit at the wide receiver position this week, but it is Jordan Addison. And you got Jaron Hall starting under center uh, against the Atlanta defense. Now, I'm going to give the Atlanta defense a mulligan because last week they got torched by a rookie quarterback <laughs> making his starting <laughs> debut in the NFL. And it's, you know, almost deja vu here a little bit. Uh, as far as an offense that feels limited through the air with Kirk Cousins going down, certainly I, I like the Vikings, you know, options in the passing game more than I like the Titans. But Jordan Addison has been fantastic over the last two weeks. I just mm-hmm. don't – I'm concerned about what this passing offense is going to look like with Jaron Hall under center. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe another rookie goes off, but I'm not willing to bet on it two straight weeks so uh and not to mention there's still tj hawkinson uh to contend with for targets and, and premier looks so i'm gonna fade jordan addison out of my out of most of my fantasy lineups this week yeah i'm with you i mean the, it was encouraging but we're just you can't be there right now with him i i don't know how you could take the number any option not named tj hawkinson in that passing game and feel good about it right so quarterback starts we're not even going to do a quarterback sit because this is such a weird week <laughs> I don't know if you have to make a case to sit any quarterback right now, but who's your quarterback start of the week uh, heading into week nine? 
trying to find quarterbacks to sit is just like doing the tight end thing. Like you're throwing a dart and it's like, oh, if this guy has 200 yards and two touchdowns, he's quarterback nine for the week. So no, well, I'm not, there's nobody on your roster that you're sitting. If he's rostered by you, you're probably playing him because there's some level of confidence there. Sam Howell isn't rostered in enough leagues right now. I don't think people really understand what he's doing because the upside isn't off the charts. It's not crazy, but he does have six top 15 finishes. And I get the top 15 isn't the highest bar to clear. There's 32 teams in the NFL. It's not like you're you're out doing much of the field here, but that's consistency. And he's spreading the ball around here. We saw Jahan Dotson get on track. Terry McLaurin starting to vacuum in some targets. Logan Thomas is still healthy. I'm on board with that. And we have seen a little bit of a ceiling of late with three top tens over the last month. You've got a blitz-heavy Patriots team, so I think the ball's coming out of his hands fast and is in a hurry. We saw him able to avoid sacks last week when we, we thought he'd be on his back the whole game against Philly. So I, I think we're moving in the right direction here. 73% of the yards for the Commanders this season come through the air. If that continues, Sam Howell, very good shot at being a top 12 guy this week. See, I think he has upside and potential. And I see, we've seen him flash it in particular. If the Commanders are going to continue to throw the ball 41, 51, 42, 52 times a game. No uh, and that's four out of the last five games. That's what we've seen from Sam Howell as far as how much they're throwing the football. Uh, and he's producing... Yeah, sure, he's taking a lot of sacks because he's a young quarterback, some, you know, a makeshift offensive line, still holding the ball a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. Sam Howell, during his days at North Carolina, used to hold the ball a little bit, try to play hero ball, try not to give up on a play. And last week against Philadelphia in the beginning parts of the game, I saw him getting the ball out of his hands quickly in that short to intermediate part of the field. So, and that's part of what led to him taking fewer sacks. Sam Howell is also a plus level athlete. Under yeah. center. I mean, he's, of course, he's not, he's not an elite dual threat guy, but he is someone that gives you uh, some production and can threaten you on the ground with his legs. So Sam Howell, I, I'm all about getting him into my lineup. I know the New England defense is a, always a little bit tricky to, yeah. <laughs> against the young quarterback for Bill Belichick, but I'm with you. He's, he's throwing the ball so much and playing at such a high level and producing. He's worth a start this week for sure. For me, it's Dak Prescott. We just saw Sam Howell torch this Philadelphia secondary. They are still working some things out on the back end. Dak Prescott coming off of a 300-yard, four-touchdown performance through the air. His best week of the NFL season by a landslide. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not saying that he's going to put up Sam Howell numbers, but in a week that's a little bit weird at quarterback even though I'm not a full believer that Dak Prescott's going to all of a sudden turn himself back into like a top seven fantasy quarterback. I do think he can have some success against Philadelphia Eagles who are struggling to slow down opposing passing games. Now let's move to the tight end or tight end position. Kawasaki, who's your start of the week at the tight end uh, position in week nine? If your guy Dak Prescott's going to get there, it's got to be going through my tight end, Jake Ferguson. I get that CD lamb is there. He's not going to do it every week, a career week. In week eight, I get all of that. C.D. Lamb, an elite target earner, don't get me wrong, but who's number two? Who's number two in this offense? Gallup is trending in the wrong direction. Cooks has a sub-60% catch rate this season. To me, it's Jake Ferguson, and it's Jake Ferguson pretty convincingly. The floor is high enough for a tight end. I get the, the targets and all that stuff hasn't been overwhelming, but you're talking the tight end position. If there's any semblance of usage in an offense, you, my friend, are a top 10 option, and that is what Jake Ferguson is. Not a single October target to him hit the ground. 14 of 14 going that direction. Jake Ferguson, an efficient target earner in a spot that we think, like you said, Dak can have some success. Philly, high pressure. That means the ball comes out quick. Jake Ferguson is going to be an option. 
Well, that was a great pitch and catch on that touchdown reception from Jake Ferguson last oh, yeah. week. Fantastic. Um, all on board with Jake Ferguson against Philadelphia Eagles. We just saw Logan Thomas have a pretty nice week against that mm-hmm. Eagles secondary. So for me, I, this feels like I'm cheating, but we are seeing a lot of work and production from Taysom Hill over the no, last couple of weeks. Uh, it feels like it, it kind of feels like it's cheating. It doesn't feel right. It feels dirty. Um, but while the receiving production is still very minimal, uh, he led the Saints in rushing last week. I know. Like, it's, and that's with Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, and Kendry Miller, all available and all seeing touches in this contest. Game script probably played a, a you know, a, sure. in his favor in this one. But do, don't we think that that could be the same exact thing against the Chicago Bears if they have to roll Tyson Badgen out there for a third straight week? I think that that is a possibility at home. I, I, I see the Saints having themselves a lot of success against the Chicago Bears. So Taysom Hill on a weird week, I'm okay with putting him in my lineup. I actually kind of feel like he's like a fringe top 10 guy this I'm, week, which I'm sounds crazy. But at the tight end position, who are you fading out of your lineup in week nine? And we say this every week, the tight end position, you're fading a guy understanding that one catch could make him a top 10 guy. So there's that. But you mentioned this Packers offense that is struggling in a massive way. So I'm not going to the rookie tight end. Luke Musgrave, to me, he's got 74 yards over the last month. That's not one game. That's in total. He's yet to score. Jordan Love just looks like a mess right now. I'm not tempting fate and going this way. Like I said, we, we've seen some younger tight ends kind of break the mold that young tight ends take forever to acclimate to the NFL game, but he's not one of them right now. There's there's too many moving pieces in this offense. He's a good player. You brought him up early in the season. You're right. There is skill there. There's potential moving forward, but we're looking at week nine in 2023, my friend, and that is not a spot for Musgrave in my lineups. Yeah, we're not talking, you know, rest of career outlook right, right now. We're looking at how the, you know, the Green Bay Packers are playing right now, and right now that, pa- that passing offense is struggling. So why are you going to, you know, invest in a tight end in your fantasy lineup um, when Jordan Love is struggling to score points in the first half. So, yeah, I'm with you. I've got Luke Musgrave outside, well outside of my top 15 this week. Uh, another guy that I'm a little bit concerned about this week, David Njoku, yep. had himself a very nice game, scored a touchdown. That's nice. I'm still not buying it. You know, we're, we could have P.J. Walker or Dorian Thompson-Robinson. We, we don't know what we're going to – we don't know – we don't have any – confidence trying to project what the production is going to be and how it's going to look in this Cleveland passing game right now. Uh, And it's unfortunate because the Arizona secondary is one that I believe you can have success against, Mm -hmm. but I'm not betting on it with PJ Walker under center or whoever, if it's not Deshaun Watson. So I'm fading David Njoku out of my lineup this week. I'm with you there. If I don't have to touch the Browns offense, I'm not. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And speaking of you are with us, you want to keep rolling with us as the 2023 season goes to the back half of the season and beyond here at the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe. Um, Hit the like button. Click the bell so you get the ding, ding, ding every single time we drop a new video here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. Of course, if you are listening via podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate all the love and support. That is Kyle Sapi. You can find him on X at Kyle Sapi PFN. I am Derek Tate. You can find me at Derek Tate NFL on X. Look, until next time, everybody, 
Good luck with your start set options. You can also use our optimizer, use our tools. We also have a live stream on Sunday. I'm on at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Soppy's on here at the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel at 12. To take your start set questions, you can always use our DFS optimizer if you want to go ahead and try to get some clarification heading into Sunday, or you can always join our Discord as well and hit us with your questions 24-7. Until next time, everybody, for Kyle Soppy, I'm Derek Tate. Later says the tater.